Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 103 with my friend, Melissa Bernardi. I was very delighted to sit down with Melissa. Uh, she is a buddy of mine's mother that I, uh, I know from, obviously, that relationship and then just uh, running into her and following all the cool stuff that she does. And so I'm very excited for you guys to hear about all that cool stuff right now because you know I don't like to hold you back from these awesome interviews. So here, without further ado, is my friend, Melissa. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Thanks for doing this. It feels kind of funny, but okay. (laughs) Well, I normally start out these things with how I know people. And I know you because you're uh, you're one of my best friend's mothers. And I met you. Uh, I met you that way. But then I'll tell you, I... uh, I ended up knowing you through another, like through a bunch of other avenues, mostly like political. Um, You just, uh, you have a very heavy footprint in the, in the landscape of, of uh, one of the parties in this area. And, and so I, I would always see you at random places like, you know, uh, Robert, your son obviously moved away years ago. And, uh, but then I would still see you before you now moved away. Uh, at just, yeah, miscellaneous fundraisers and, and places where, uh, I was like, oh, somebody I know in this sea of people I definitely do not know at all. The union, the, 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 the Clarkston union is always a good place to run into people. Yes, that is, that is, that's true for better or worse, whether you're, whether or not you want to see those. That's a very good point. (laughs) Yeah. That's backfired a couple times on me. Um. but yeah, that's that's how I know you. I, I the amount of stuff I know about you is all traced back to the things I know about Robert. Like uh, it's just you know Jersey and, and Michigan, and and now you're in North Carolina, right or South North? South Carolina, Beaufort, beautiful Beaufort, South Carolina. Ah, like a tourist magazine, reading it from the page. <laughs> beautiful Beaufort. Uh, beautiful Beaufort. But if we could go back in time, there are things I don't know about you. Like, uh, do you have any siblings? I have three siblings. I have an older sister who now lives in Florida. She's retired. I have an older brother who lives in New Jersey and is probably semi-retired. And then I have a little sister who will probably always be 10 years old in my head, but she's actually a grown-up. And uh, she lives in New Jersey. So. I'm curious what the age difference is there between you and the younger sister. 11 years. Okay. That's because I, I noticed you said older, older, and I was expecting the, the word younger to come in. And then you went with little. And I was like, oh, there's a big age difference there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So, um, it, well, you know. Yeah. Were you? Were we did you, the same thing. Uh, Nick is. But 11, I think 11 years younger than our eldest, yeah. <clears throat> than David. So, you know, it, it, it runs in the family. <laughs> Just we'll figure it out. Um, and where were you born? I was born in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Well, that's a, that's actually. a mouthful. Yeah. How, what is it called? Perth Amboy. Uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's uh, not really coastal, but it's kind of toward the shore, you know, Um which is what we say in New Jersey, the shore. <laughs> it's never yeah. the beach or the ocean. It's yeah. the shore. So, um, yeah. So that's where, and then we lived in like a little Levitt Towny sort of neighborhood um, when I was first born. Interestingly, my father or my mother made my father build a screen porch while she was pregnant with me because apparently there was some sort of encephalitis scare from um, mosquitoes. And so she insisted that there be a screen porch for me. So, you know, and ever, I've always liked screen porches and that's probably why that's your birthright. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, and what did your mom and dad do when you were born, when you were little? So my dad was in plastics and I think he was vice president of the molding company in New Jersey. And my mother was this incredibly, she's still alive, So, but she was this incredibly happy housewife. A lot of my friends' mothers were not happy 
housewives. It was the late 60s through the 70s, and women were, like, really sick of the roles that they had been yeah. passed into. Secondary. My mother, on the other hand, loved it. There you go. Absolutely loved it. And uh, she would made no bones about it. And the, probably the worst thing I ever said to her was, how come you don't work? <laughs> and... <laughs> I still apologize for saying that, yeah, you bet. know, um, because it was a shitty thing to say. Oh, can I say shitty on oh, your yeah. show? I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was not very nice. And she really sparked my feminist sensibilities because she, she was a, she was a feminist without yelling or being sad or angry or anything like that. She, she was very pragmatic about it. Yeah, Women which... should make the same amount of money as men and, you should have the right to an abortion and don't ever let your husband hit you. You know, certain. she was a font of uh, good advice. Yeah. It, it is funny too, that the person that was the happy housewife and not the unhappy housewife was the person that yeah. uh, inspired yeah. you to have that, that side of you, if you will. Um, it was, it was nice to not grow up with a bitter mother. And a lot of my friends uh, did grow up with bitter mothers and, and uh, you know, and I understand it, but I, I got lucky. I got to jump back for two seconds because being uh, that The Graduate is one of my favorite films ever. How how does one say he worked in plastics without just immediately laughing afterwards? Well, it, I used plastics. to say I didn't understand what, why that was such a big deal. It was really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, at the time it was great. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I've been told in my lifetime that I should get into plastics. But hey, I've been given terrible advice most of my life. There you go. Uh, so what's what's like growing up in New Jersey with your siblings? Are your older siblings a lot closer to you in age? Yeah, my brother's three years older than me. My sister is <clears throat> six years older than me. Okay. So they, they were they were more the pals though with each other because yeah. they they were in school together more than I was, and you know I was I was that third child, you know, just tagging along or being a pain in the ass or whatever, but. <laughs> Uh, it was very nice. I mean, we, we lived in Bridgewater, New Jersey. My little sister, baby sister, she moved back to Bridgewater. So she and her husband are raising their children in Bridgewater. And um, my mother actually lives with them now. So nice. it's, it's it was pretty idyllic, you know, for a while. I, I Yeah, I'm wondering, though, what it was like, because being the 10, 11 year difference between you and your younger sister, I imagine you pretty much lived the life of a youngest child instead of a middle child. I was always, hey, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Melissa, also, look at me. <laughs> of course, hello. I understand. Where, where, did this, where did this personality that I have come from? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it was fine. It was, it was, I, I think I am definitely a peacemaker. I, I know that I, I do that now with my siblings. Um, I, I, like everybody... You know, I mean, you don't have to get along, but don't fight, you know? Yeah. So I tend to be the one that they go to. And so I get to hear all sides of the situation. The the neutral party, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and do you have any hobbies or interests growing up before you yeah. get out of school? Uh, I always liked art. And um, I was a voracious reader. I always had a book in front of me. My older sister would kind of mock me and she's like, oh, she's the one that likes the book more than the movie. <laughs> that's that's who I am. I uh, and, and have always been, I guess. But I'm curious as someone and the way you describe that with uh, what your sister said, have you seen a lot of movies that books you read first? Is that a weird question? Have you seen a lot of movies that you read the book of first? Um, they did a beautiful version of Little Women. Yeah. Uh, probably, it's probably 20 years now. Uh, Winona Ryder played Joe. That was tremendous. Um, I don't want to break this to I, you, but it was like 30 years ago almost. I think it was 93 or 94. It was not. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. But you're probably right. <laughs> what is time after all? Yeah. I think I read Black Beauty a thousand times. And there was a, don't, don't look it up. There was a relatively recent version of it that was 
absolutely beautiful. Oh, Just absolutely beautiful. So yeah, you're the youngest. You want some attention sometimes. You're reading books a lot. Uh, do you go to college right after high school? I did not go to college. Okay. Was that, was that on the radar in, in your generation? And um, I know that's just built so, up more and more year over year. For a long time, I wanted to be an architect. And so my freshman year in high school, I took a, what is it? Mechanical drawing or whatever the, whatever that class is. Right. And I left after one day because all the boys had had all of this mechanical drawing stuff in seventh and eighth grade, the girls had sewing and cooking and the boys had shop and mechanical drawing. And so I use that as an excuse. I think if I had really wanted to be um, an architect, I could have found a way. So I, that, but that was my excuse after high school. Well, then I wanted to, when I was like a junior or senior, I wanted to go into this new field called art therapy. And my father said, are you kidding me? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't go. <laughs> and I use that as an excuse too, because if I really wanted to do it, I could have. Instead, I moved to a handmade house with no electricity and no running water with my best friend, Carol, who you met at Robert's wedding. Okay. Um, and we lived there for a while. She met her husband there. I left when it got really cold um, because the, the, the piping, the, the chimney kind of thing for the wood stove kept falling apart. And so it was cold. But so. where so I did that for a little bit. It well, was fun. I, I, he calls I, it, um, it was like in, in the wild, into the wild, but with better hair. Because we had a VW bus. Okay. So what, uh, well, I have, I have a lot of questions. Um, oh, I got you there, huh? <laughs> I have a lot of questions. First, I'm curious. You have, you have no words. <laughs> I have too many. I can't pick which one's in which order. Um, first and foremost, you said, I always wanted to be an architect. And I'm curious yes. about, A, where that came from and the way you phrase that. Is that an interest that you found, like, throughout your adult life, like whether it be through, you know, architectural digest or just. I love at... houses. Yeah. I have probably a thousand house magazines. Okay. I've never thrown them away. I, so I like housey things. I think, you know, I got a doll house for Christmas when I was probably three years old and that I loved that. I just loved it. Even though it was when they made, children's toys out of sheet metal <laughs> so it was there was always a danger of bleeding to death yeah. but um I, I did love that that's interesting okay um and now can you so when do you live in this powerless waterless house <laughs> i carol left after high school right after high school now her father was the uh chair of the Rutgers physics department so she was supposed to go to college um, and she chose not to. So she, I won't get into how the house came up, but she had, you know, this house to go to, to, to escape to, and I wasn't really doing anything. And so, um, Labor Day after high school, I worked in the summer, but Labor Day, um, we saw, she came down and we saw the Grateful Dead at Englishtown, New Jersey, Englishtown Raceway nice. in New Jersey. Great show, 77. It's one of the best, they say. And uh, after that, I we drove up, and I, I was there for a while, and we didn't get along at all. Um, I mean, we got along a little bit, but she found me lazy, and she's very not lazy. But I worked at the Sweetheart Restaurant. I was a uh, bus girl, and I was a hostess, and uh, I had fun. So, you know, and then it was time to go home because I was cold. Yeah. <laughs> Can we dive into the the counterculture of the of the late seventies? And I mean, you're telling me you were at a dead show in seventy seven, and then you just went and lived in the <laughs> like a like a pre uh, turn of the century person for a little while. <laughs> so you're fitting a couple stereotypes here. I'm wondering if they actually apply and what that time period was no, like. No, you, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I I really I wouldn't say that I was. I, I think I always had sort of a artistic 
bend, if you would, or, yeah. um, you know, just kind of nonconformity. How's that? That's a fair. little bit of nonconformity. And is that, that um, are you still in Jersey at that point then? Yes. Okay. Uh, we, were, we were still in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey until we moved to Cincinnati. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I w- I've been a Jersey girl a long time. Okay. Um, when do you meet your husband? I met him in 1979. So two years after I graduated high school. And I pretty much fell in love almost immediately. And we moved in together six months later and then got married in 81. So that was, you know, and, and I think about it because if I had been older, I would have been more logical and I probably would have thought, well, this is ridiculous. You know, he's 10 years older than me. So, you know, okay. I'm with this 30 year old man and, uh, you know, come on. But um, thank God I was not analytical. I, I led with my heart and it was probably the best decision I ever made because I could have really gone off the rails. <laughs> think about what I've been telling you, what, how I was behaving before then. So um, I, yeah. So we'll have our 41st wedding anniversary in June. Good for you. So uh, there. Yeah, I think so. How did you guys meet? My husband was in plastics. I <laughs> love that. So he, <laughs> so he, uh, he sold machines to my dad. And uh, my brother at the time was working with my husband. And so I was living at home. And he and my brother came over to the house. And then he said, we're having a party. It would, you know, at my house, would you like to come over later? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Cause you know, that's what girls do. I don't know, whatever, yeah, yeah. maybe. And uh, <laughs> then I did. So but whatever. Yeah. And then it took, then it took him, excuse me. It took him two weeks to call me back. And I was, I was a little pissed about that. Like, really, really? 30 so, year old anyway. snagging a 20 year old and he so, waits two weeks to call. Come on, come on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. That was before it was gross. Oh, you know, okay. I mean, I think my kids have always gone, ew. No, you know, the only time it was difficult is if we had dinner in Pennsylvania because I, Pennsylvania's drinking age was 21, but New Jersey was 18 at the time. So I could, you know, drink with the best of them. So you're, you're married. Do you guys are already living together? What's, uh, what's next on the plate? Is this when you get pregnant and have your first child? Yes. Um, yeah, I would say so. Well, actually, my first pregnancy was um, not viable. And so and I only bring this up because of what's going on in most of the fucking states that we live in. Um, yeah. I had what they called a therapeutic DNC, you know, which is an abortion, but it's a therapeutic DNC. And I wonder if therapeutic DNCs will ever be allowed to be, you know, a, a, a legal procedure in these states. I was essentially bleeding to death, you know, and um, it was just, it, it's, the, the, the world is crazy right now. But anyway, that <laughs> went on. I, I didn't, I wasn't, it wasn't like a soap opera, you know, where I, I was, you know, having visions of, of this baby. And uh, no, it was, it was just a, it's something that happened and it, it you know, didn't work out. And then I, I got pregnant again and, I had our first child when I was 23 going on 24. What, what does DNC stand for in that? Dilation and cutterage. All right. Sure. So you just, they (laughs) scrape you out. So yeah. Yeah. You know what word I'm not a fan of? I don't think (laughs) cutterage. I uh, feel like there's probably better words for that, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) You don't have to ask again ever. Yeah. Now I know. Now I can make t-shirts and <laughs> everything. Um, <Yep>. so, <laughs> so tell me if you, if you recall, um, make, make us, make it, you know, I just want to say if, if, if I'm going into TMI territory, just like wave your arm yeah. or something like that, or no, you know, that, that, okay. uh, um, that doesn't exist on this show. And I would actually push back on you and say, if I'm prodding, <laughs> please let me know. Cause I, uh, <laughs> I won't shy away from anything you don't shy away from. Um, All right. 
but t tell me about becoming a mother. Like, what what is that like? You're you're pretty young in the grand scheme of things. I mean, especially now because people keep having children older and older. And um, I mean, twenty three. Mm -hmm. We can look at it psychologically, right? You don't even have a fully formed frontal lobe at that point. So what's what's it like uh, bringing a child into the world? It was really scary. I had no idea what I was doing. They prepare you with all sorts of classes to give birth. And then it's like, see ya, you know, but I got to stay for a week in the hospital, you know, that back in the day you stayed for, for a week. When I had my next one, your friend, I think I was there for four or five days. So that was kind of cool. But uh, then you get home and there's this baby that cries all the time. And uh, I wasn't working, you know, uh, and I, oh, there was, I called it the Joan London syndrome because Joan London was the host of Good Morning America. And around that time, she had like, I don't know, triplets or twins or, you know, something superhuman. And she went back to work like three days later or something like that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. No way. So, so, but women were expected to, you know, go back and, and uh, stuff like, you know, quickly. Um, there was no parental, there was no father leave, paternal leave or anything like that back then. But it wasn't expensive because we both had insurance. This is when we each had insurance from our respective jobs. And what one's insurance didn't cover, the other one did. So I think we ended up paying like $26. And now it's, wow. I don't even know. <laughs> that's insane. Um, and it's also yeah. sad that that's insane. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering what role does getting married, having a child, what role does that play on these feminist overtones that you have that you feel like you had instilled in you? Was there any, like, was there any wrestling back and forth in your mind about like, oh, I, I don't want to be. Not, in, not, you know what, not in my mind, but some friends, some, you know, old friends that had gone on to do fucking amazing things they looked at me a little bit funny, you know, like, really? You know, I, I was I was sort of um, an object of curiosity in some circles. Like, you what? You you know, you're married, you have a, you have a baby? Yeah. Ooh, you know, so it, it was, I didn't really feel like I had a, I didn't have peers of my age that were doing what I was doing. The people in my neighborhood, we moved to a nice house and, you know, a beautiful neighborhood, but everybody was probably 10 years or more older, you know, but had children, my children's age, interestingly. So there was a bit of a, you know, I was a little lonely probably, yeah, but I, was, I, was I did like ask. it. So, yeah. but I, yeah, I imagine there's a period of adjustment there where, especially if your, your friends are like not <laughs> supporting that. And then you kind of have to make this new group of, uh, of people to, especially thinking about it takes a village, right? Like that, that famous quote of, of raising children. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the one person I would thank for my sanity during those years is Martha Stewart. Oh. Because Martha Stewart came out with her uh, magazine and when my kids were little and she, you know, like, what do you do? We, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money because I wasn't working. And, uh, you know, so I, she taught me how to sponge paint my walls and she taught me how to lay a brick path and she taught me how to put in a garden. You know, she was my pal. I, I, I everybody mocks her or whatever. Everybody has an opinion of her. But back then when her magazine came in the mail, I was set to go for that month. I have a lot because she had a calendar in the magazine you know, on this day, you're going to do this. And so it, it was, it was fabulous. I, I love Martha yeah. back then. Well, yeah, it's a, I don't think you get made fun of and mocked to the degree that she is without the level of success that, that gets you to that point. Right. Like Anna Gasteyer playing Martha Stewart doesn't happen unless Martha Stewart is a successful person. So Good point. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Right. And then she goes to prison, but Hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, so did you work at all when your kids were young? Yes. 
Being a mother is work. I don't Didn't mean you learn it anything from way. my previous story? Come on. <laughs> Did I get paid money? No. Um, well, no, yeah. I, no, no. Summer is nearly here, and what a great time to try out some of these new non-alcoholic beers from Bravis Brewing. They just came out with a cucumber mojito gosa. It's like a sour with a nice cucumber mojito taste. They have their uh, their usual peanut butter stout, and I have some of their mango habanero IPA in my fridge, which is absolutely delicious, plus all of their other beers. Go ahead and check them out over at bravus.com. That's B-R-A-V-U-S dot com. And you can use code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout to save 10%. What? I know, it's crazy. Pretty sure they offer some free shipping once you get a 12-pack or 24-pack or whatever that looks like. So check them out. Try out those delicious brews they have. And let me know what you think. You know the place. I'll tell you, seriously, let me know what you think. Shoot me an email, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys think of Bravus Beer. I'm a big fan of most of them, though there are a couple that I would shy away from personally. Hmm. But none of the ones I name, that's for sure. All right, check them out. Let me know what you think. I love it. Save 10%, use code friendrequest, bravis.com, and back to the episode. And I, I asked that in such a disrespectful way because I was curious if uh, if there was any, any struggle with uh, identity from... Uh, your own person as an independent person and, and your thought process to um, a mother and, and your children, you know, are, are your, especially when they're young, like all the time, right? Like I, I talk to a lot of people right now because my age group, you know, a lot of people have uh, a toddler and an infant or a teenager and a toddler or whatever. It's exhausting. Like. Yeah. It's but, exhausting. I look at, I look at young mothers today and I'm, I, I just feel tired. Because that's all I remember, most of all, is just really just being tired and um, just tired yeah. <laughs> all the time. But no, I didn't. I didn't work for a living. I didn't make. I didn't bring in an income. But um, I, I was saying this to somebody this morning, which is really funny. I was. I am not a good multitasker, and so I did know that I could either be a good mother or I could be a good employee somewhere. But remember, I did not have a college degree. I didn't really have a profession. And so any job that I would have been able to get would have most likely been, um, you know, minimum wage. So it would have, I would have been, you know, I would have been working to put my kids through daycare. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 That's a funny, me and Erica in in discussions about having kids have talked about like, um, one person staying home the loss of income there is almost even with what you would spend on daycare full time because it's just gotten so it's, it's quite true. Today it's ridiculously yeah. expensive. And it's mind yeah. blowing. No. Mind blowing. Um it, it yeah. Yeah, yeah I but, know I, you know, I, I did like being home. I really, really liked being home. Yeah, and I didn't mean that in any way to to assume anything. I um I, I just I see a lot of people now and I feel like women in general are uh, being more vocal now about uh, some of the struggles they go through, like especially postpartum, like right away. Right. Um, And some separation stuff. And then just like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. exhaustion, like when do you find moments for yourself and, and connect with yourself as a person instead of as, as a mother or a wife or anything like that. And I'm wondering if you remember like what those outlets for, were for you at the time uh i mean was it books you mentioned or was it just a little moments i I didn't read i probably didn't read a book for 15 years um (laughs) honestly no because i can't i can't like read three pages and then put it down i have to read a book um it was you know i don't know it was it was great it was it was a lot of work i think i I think I was pretty good at it. I probably dropped the ball more than many, but, um, you know, it was, I, I didn't have to struggle with my identity, if you will, because yeah. I, I've always kind of known who I am and I, I haven't felt, and I think that when you're in the public, which I was not, I was, you know, tucked away on three acres in, you know, rural New Jersey. And, 
I went to the grocery store. That was my big outing for many years. Um, so I didn't have to be anyone, right? I, I, I could just, I, I didn't have to have this persona. I was just yeah. doing my thing. When do you... That makes sense. And, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, I was just going to say regarding the, the income that you don't have when one parent stays home, you never have enough money to have children, ever. <laughs> you never, ever have enough money. So you just get over it. You know, it's like, okay, you know, so you don't go to Europe, um, you know, on vacation and, 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 you know, your couch looks like crap, but, you know, that's okay. Um, you, you just, you know, you just, you, you do it. And then when they all leave, interestingly, we, our, our food budget, I remember this, our food budget never changed. And I discovered that we were spending the same amount of money on food, but we were buying really good food, you yeah. know? So yeah. like our, our kids didn't get shrimp for dinner, you know, twice a week or something like that or steak yeah. or whatever. Um, anyway. So well, you're giving me a verbal vasectomy. So thank you for that. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm curious when, when do you uh, start having this political presence that I know you to have? Um, when does that start? What does that look like? Um, volunteering or, or whatever that starts with. Mm-hmm. So when I um, when we moved <clears throat> from Cincinnati to uh, Michigan, Clarkston, Michigan. I uh, got a part-time job at the Borders Express at the Great Lakes Mall. Nice. And uh, I loved that. That was like a dream job. Before, actually, they first hired me to be the person at Christmas on the Mall, which essentially consisted of hot gluing baby Jesus into the manger because <laughs> apparently everybody steals baby Jesus. So yeah. I, I, I always thought that could be a good that could be a good title of, of my. Uh, autobiography. However, this guy was running for president and his name was Barack Obama. And my husband came home from work. Robert, first of all, Robert and David both are are two older ones. They said, how could you not vote for him? Oh my God, you know, he's amazing. And uh, because, you know, I wasn't really sure what was going on with that whole race. And uh, then I started reading and looking around and going, yeah, he's really the real deal. And Dave, my husband came home from work one night and he was very worn out. And he just said to me, you know, he said, I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing at this stage. And I said, well, I said, what if I volunteered for the Barack Obama, quit my job at the bookstore and, uh, volunteer for the Barack Obama campaign. And he said, thank you. And so that's, that's how that whole thing started. I had never, I, I had tried to volunteer in a very tepid way. Like I tried to be an architect, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I would go online for the Howard Dean or, or, or John Kerry, but, and nobody ever got back to me and whatever. Um, but the Obama campaign did get back to me, you know, and they said, we need you. And they did need me. They needed everyone who volunteered for that campaign, which was tremendous. I had never been to Pontiac ever. um, And that's where the headquarters was for North Saginaw. (laughs) Be still my heart. Like just the best place on earth. And, uh, you know, I I go in the first day and the field organizer, Eric Beeman, hands me this packet of uh, doors to knock. I'd never knocked a door. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was, you know, I'm I'm a good faker. I I can, you know, work my way through this. And uh, when I came back with my packet, he gave me another one, you know, and then I started phone banking in the evenings and taking Nick with me because I didn't trust him to be home. He was in eighth grade at the time. And uh, (laughs) but that was beautiful because the field organizer, Eric, he took Nick by the shoulders. He said, do you know how to use a computer? Nick said, yeah, he goes, come with me. And so he went into the inner sanctum and he was entering data. And the first, we're driving home the first night we went in and he said, um, he said, the guy next to him said, how old are you? And Nick said, or what grade are you? And Nick said, I'm in eighth grade. And the guy said, yeah, yeah. I remember my first campaign when I was in eighth grade, it was for JFK. 
And so there was this beautiful symmetry, you know, about the whole thing. And that's where I met Democrats. Um, are we allowed to say that on, on the air? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I was the, I, I thought I was the only one. And, and most people in Clarkson thought they were the only one. And uh, so, you know, I, I discovered that there are all these wonderful, wonderful Democrats lurking about. <clears throat> so I put my all into it. I loved it. I was just, I didn't know this kind of stuff even existed. And um, I was kind of bereft. I mean, I was, of course, thrilled when he won. But then I, there was this huge hole in my life. Like, now what am I going to do? And then this thing called OFA Circus rolled into town, which was Organizing for America, which was the kind of like the continuation of the Obama campaign. They realized that they had this army of volunteers that were like me, like, okay, now what do we do, right? And intact and all of that and trained up. And Obama had a really ambitious and necessary agenda. So how do we get that? How do we get that Affordable Care Act passed? How do we get Wall Street reform passed? And so they um, set up these OFAs in every state, I believe. And there are house parties going on for health care. And so I look and I'm like, there's one in Troy. I don't want to go to Troy. I mean, I was really insulated, right? I, mean, yeah. I stopped at Great Lakes Mall. That I don't want, yeah, I don't want to go to Troy either. <laughs> I don't want to go to Troy. And, uh, and so I had one myself. And I loved it. I, I mean, I just, you know, I just became immersed in this, in, the, in this world of, of organizing. I was dubbed a community organizer. And I did that from... July of 2009 to January of 2010, when they hired me to be the regional field director for Oakland County and Macomb County and Huron County. <laughs> so, oh. no, what is Huron? It's not Huron County. What is that? Oh, you're asking I don't know the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I, obviously, I didn't do a very good job. Yeah, so I couldn't believe they hired me. I couldn't. In my wildest dreams believe that they hired me, but they did, and they took a chance on me. And I believe I was the first volunteer that OFA hired. And I, I fit, you know, I, I was definitely a demographic oddity. I was, I was married. I was older, you know. I was, yeah, I was not the typical organizer that they had on their staff. But the people who hired me, I am still in touch with, and I thank them all the time. And they taught me. They taught me how to be generous yeah. in this kind of work because it, they set the best example possible. So my first gig essentially was um, getting Gary Peters reelected to the Senate. And this is 2010 when Democrats didn't get reelected to the Senate. And my turf was Pontiac, Michigan, my yeah. absolute second home. I love I love Pontiac. We were his win number. Nice. You know, I mean, I we worked really hard and it was completely voluntary. I had no staff at all, I had all volunteers. And uh, it was like probably the most magical time of my life. Absolutely, I'm, without a doubt. I'm curious, and, and I promise this will circle back around to what we're talking about, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and I also have other questions, but so when you were 18, 19, 20, were you, involved at all uh in some of the like feminist equality political movements happening at that time i was not okay i was just curious was if this not. felt like when you started this that it felt like you were picking up anywhere like you left off earlier in life or if it was just uh well it was definitely in my heart you know my family is very concerned was very conservative um and so you know my one friend her parents met in the Peace Corps, you know, it was like, that was so exotic to me, I couldn't even imagine. And um, yeah, no, my parents were not, my mother now at almost 92 is probably more progressive than I am, you know, but um, she's, and she loves what I do. You know, she, she uh, when I was still a volunteer with, um, with OFA, one of the first things I got to do was drive Joe Biden's staff or drive in Joe Biden was coming to Detroit. And so I was one of the drivers for his motorcade. And uh, I called my mother. I'm like, Hey mom, I'm just waiting for Joe to land. I said, you know, <laughs> I got this bat phone next to me. 
And, uh, and then I said, oh, I got to go. You know, the, the Secret Service wants to pick my brain. And uh, anyway, I, I made, <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of it. I really did. I really did. It was great. So um, where were you going? Because I think I well, got off track. No, you're fine. Um, I'm curious if you can put into words, I mean, the having a hand as big or small as it was in the 2008 election. I mean, it that was historical for so many reasons and to, to be yeah. an, an active <clears throat> part of that. I, I mean, looking back, especially, you know, after the last <laughs> five years, what is, yeah. what has it been like to reflect on that and being a part of that? I, I loved it. I, I mean, I'm so glad I had it. I, I would, to go to 2010, I, I should write all of that down because that was just unbelievably tremendous. But 2008 also was great. And I, you know, I was in the office, it was probably October and beginning of October or thereabouts. And my field organizer, Eric said, he goes, ah, we need a staging location for GOTV. And I said, what kind of, he said, I don't know, I just need something in, in Clarkston. And I said, well, use my house. And he goes, are you sure? I said, sure, no problem. We have plenty of room. And so I, he says, okay. So I called my mother or my mother, I called my husband and I said, honey, I just volunteered our house for GOTV. I have no idea what it means, but, um, <laughs> but we're doing it. And he was like, okay. So for uh, five days, I would say we had people streaming in and out of our house. Cause you remember our basement had a, a side door yeah. so people side door and it was it was um operation it was the center of operations for for oakland north oakland county and hundreds of people streamed through absolute hundreds of people and it was and and you know Anne. i don't want to i don't know how many people listen to this i hate to get her in trouble she brought food breakfast lunch and dinner for those five days that's so funny. so that's how i met her um yeah, yeah. it was great and and I had said to Dave, you should really stay home on 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 uh, election day. I said because I I'm, I was going to be a poll poll watcher. Yeah. I called him. I said, honey, they want me to be go to Birmingham for a um, for a training to be a poll watcher. And he said, you're going to Birmingham to be a poll dancer. And I said, it's something like that. I'm quite <laughs> sure. And uh, so I was in at the house all of election day. He did stay home and made probably forty pots of coffee and also talks about it like it was just this crazy magical thing. And then the following week after election day, I was in my front yard, I was raking leaves and somebody walked up, they were walking their dog or whatever. And they said, kind of whispered, they went, I can't believe this happened in our neighborhood. I never thought I would see something so amazing. So that was kind of cool. We gave people permission to be a little bit bolder and, and it's okay to say who you are yeah. in Clarkston. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah, I, it's just remarkable, and that's like I said at the beginning of all this. The the weird places I've run into you have all, you know, ribboned into uh, those origin stories that that you just went into. Um, if yeah. we move forward, what takes you? Because you're in North Carolina now. You're out of Michigan. What brought you down there initially? South Carolina. South, why do Dave's I keep doing retire. that? Beautiful I, Buford, I Justin. Beautiful Buford. Get it in your head. We're between Charleston and Savannah. Okay. Um, so Dave's going to retire. We did always love going to Charleston on vacation. And uh, we really got very tired of the snow. So, um, you know, we thought, oh, we should, you know, let's, let's go down and check it out. And we can't afford to live in Charleston at all. Um, and people started saying, oh, you can't move to Buford. Oh, my God, the coast, it's going to disappear. The weather is so awful. You're going to have hurricanes. And we're like, OK, so where can we go instead? And South Carolina, David done a lot of research, and it's, it's nice to um, uh, retired people, you know, the, the taxes and all of that stuff, because they have shitty schools, you know, so who cares, because I'm retired. <laughs> I, I just said that. Um, they can't see my face. Like, I'm only kidding. Uh, so. So anyway, um, we decided to move to Greenville, South Carolina, which is kind of toward Asheville. You know, it's in the upper west corner of the state and it's like not by the mountains and it's absolutely beautiful. And we bought this gorgeous loft 
uh, condo apartment thing in an old converted mill building. And we're like, oh, this is going to be so great because we can go and just, you know, lock the door and, and go travel or go see the kids or whatever. And but we didn't, you know, and it was really small. And I missed having a yard, like walking out my door and being outside with yeah. some privacy instead of walking into a hallway to get to an elevator to get out to this parking lot. So we were like, well, this is a big mistake. So ironically, I was volunteering at the Democratic Party up there for it was election day. And Dave starts sending me these houses on Zillow. And I was like, oh, let's go see this one. And uh, we ended up here. So and it's that was in 2020 pre-pandemic by like a hair. <laughs> so we never really got to discover everything that's wonderful around here. Yeah, that's but, uh, that's been that's that's been an interesting journey for a lot of people, I'm sure, in that time period. Such a weird that that two and a half months. We also got time. in under the under before the real estate went nuts, yeah. you know, so yeah. we couldn't have done this otherwise so anyway so we're yeah. very happy here wonderful um yeah and then now you have your kids are all over the country <laughs> yeah i know robert's mad that we didn't move closer to him and i'm like i'm not moving to minnesota you gotta be kidding me you know yeah, no. No. no no i can't do it i can't do it he so, could always leave yeah, minnesota there's teaching jobs everywhere now <laughs> they really are no he they really like it i but you know that's that's for off off yeah. mic. <laughs> yeah. It's neither here nor there. Um, well, that yeah, I think that brings us present. Is that I know that's a small fraction of of your your story. But is there anything that I that you wanted to talk about that I skipped over? Well, what I'm doing now is pretty incredibly cool. Go on. <laughs> I am the volunteer coordinator for a, an organization called The Union, which sprung from the Lincoln Project. Okay, nice. So what uh, are kind of the same like stuff you were- Like super nice, you like were, amazingly nice. How, tell, me, tell me more about it. it okay, so it is uh, completely volunteer driven. So I am a volunteer and I filled out the, it, it popped up on my social media, you know, join the union. And everything in my life is somehow associated with the union. Um, and so I filled it out and two days later, they called me and they said, would you like to be our volunteer coordinator? You, you know, you have some pretty good history. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, and I put down five to 10 hours a week and it's turned into five to 10 hours a day. Yeah. And it's the best thing I've ever done. This is like, I'm going out with a bang, not a whimper. You know, it is so fabulous. We are organizing all across the country for down ballot races we are going to be a pipeline for other organizations who need boots on the ground, you know, or postcards written or phone banks banked and all of that stuff. And I get to call people from this list of tens of thousands of people who have signed up and I get to ask them if they want to, you know, like be a volunteer leader and, and I'm building this amazing team and I'm really happy. That's so, great. Yeah, it is. It's really great. <laughs> So look them up. Look up Join the Union. Oh, actually, I was on a town hall um, that they did to launch on March 21st. They did the big launch with Joe Trippi, who used to be um, Howard Dean's campaign manager. And they had me go on, and I think I sounded like a lunatic. You know, uh, I looked like a lunatic and uh, because I was so excited. You know? <laughs> so, but people have been getting in touch with me saying, I loved your enthusiasm. I would love to help out. So go figure. Right. That's a anyway. selling point, Melissa. That's uh, I mean, you, you speak very enthusiastically by no, like it seems very genuine. So if you are ever lying about it, good for you. Cause it seems very, you'll genuine. never know. <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll phone your family. They will know for sure. And then we'll find out. <laughs> yes, they will. Yes, they will. Well, cool. Well, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking some time and, and I'm glad you're doing something that you love still and that you clearly are good at and have an impact with and, and, uh, yeah, giving me a little, little, I didn't, I didn't scare you. I hope I didn't story. scare you too much. I've never been um, scared before. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't try hard enough, obviously. Yeah. Okay. I love you, Justin. You know, you're like, we just think you're wonderful. Yeah, I know. So, I'm pretty um, great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, well, well, I mean, yeah. 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 You're pretty great, yeah. I guess. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you. So thank, thank you. you so thank much. you for the opportunity to go blah, 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 blah. I love myself. it. Oh, yeah. It takes more than abortion to scare this show away. This is, <laughs> I've covered that many times. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And yeah, well, enjoy the rest of your I night. I'm going to visit with you, though, because I'm working um, to save democracy. So, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an uphill battle. All right. <laughs> Always. Yeah. You and I have lots in common My request is sent Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Melissa Bernardi. Um, I love what she's doing with that offshoot of the Lincoln Project. Uh, You know, her level of involvement in the issues that she is passionate about is really commendable. Uh, You know, a lot of people talk a good game about what they believe in and and how they want things to change. And she is one of the few people I know that really uh, makes that effort and and dedicates her time and her passion and her energy to these causes that uh, we mostly, you know, throw out in comment feeds and Facebook posts. So it's really nice and refreshing to talk to someone that has dedicated their life to that service. And, and it really is service. You know, she, you heard her talk. It's a lot of volunteering. There's not a, not a paycheck with a lot of volunteer work. So awesome, awesome stuff. I was very happy to talk to her. And uh, just to clarify, I talked to my buddy Robert, her son, one of my best friends. And, you know, trying to get him on here. He claims I haven't asked him, but I swear I did. And so this is your formal asking, Robert. Come on here. Let me chat you up. Robert's an interesting guy. Um, I'm glad you guys got to hear this. I want to thank Melissa for sitting down with me. I want to thank all of you for listening. Special thanks to Talia Dalton for the theme song. And of course, a wonderful, wonderful high five. Big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters especially newest Patreon, Z. I know you're out there, Z Silver, the mysterious keyboardist, D&D player. Um, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate all of your help. And you know what? I got a couple people that are getting some 100th episode shirts. Look for those in the mail. Patreons, supporters, you guys know who you are. And that is all. I hope you have a great day. I hope you are experiencing some warm weather and you're able to get your kayak in the water. Okay, that one's for me. But either way, I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.